I think probably most, <laughs> most of us here probably know the feeling of um, having to purge things when you move. If you're moving from this house to the next or you're renovating your own house, you think, oh man, do we keep this? Do we throw it out? I don't know, my aunt gave me that back in 1812. I can't really throw it out because if she comes over for Christmas, she's going to want to see it, you know. This happens to priests, by the way, all the time because for our birthdays or Thanksgiving or Christmas, the grade school kids will make little Christmas cards, right? So, you know, we'll go in our office and there's 300 Christmas cards, which is awesome. I love it. But, like, what do you do with that? You know, I mean, you can't hold on to it forever. On the other hand, you don't want to throw it out. So point being, we have to purge. Do you have a drawer in your kitchen? And it's like a utility drawer where you throw everything from paper clips to a screwdriver to duct tape. And then when you move, you're like, man, who's going to go through the drawer? Honey, right? And like you have all this stuff you have to get rid of. Well, you know, if you pardon the analogy... We kind of have to do that, folks, uh, emotionally and spiritually too. In other words, like we have to purge bad thinking. And maybe it's not bad thinking, but maybe it's just negative thinking. Because people pick up things without realizing they're picking up things. It's like Aunt Maisie's tchotchkes that she gives us, right? We just kind of pick it up. And all of a sudden, we get to a point and we're like, Why, where did this come from? Why am I thinking in this way? We need to purge, sometimes emotionally and spiritually. So, basically, it kind of comes down to this. You know what? You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. It's an obvious point, isn't it? You can't live a positive life if you have a negative mind or negative thinking. Okay, And as I, we often say, that impacts not just you, by the way, but your spouse and your kids. And fast forward 30 years, your kids will replicate that negative thinking often. So we owe it to ourselves to think in a positive way, right? which is no small task given the world that we live in. Agreed? Um, you know, it's funny. So Jesus, in Matthew chapter 13... He talks to the apostles about positive thinking, and he was telling them the, the parable of the sower. And everybody remembers the parable of the sower, right? He said, a sower went out to sow. Some seed fell on rocky ground, some seed on thorny ground, some seed on good ground. And the apostles themselves didn't really understand what he was saying, and they pull him aside and they said, Jesus, will you explain to us what this means? And he was telling them about the thorns. And the thorns are the worries and discouragements of this world, but he, has, he says specifically it's negative thinking, bad thinking. And so my question to you is this. What are your thorns? What are the, what are the thorns maybe in your thinking? Most of us have them, Father Ben included, okay? We're going to be happier, folks, if, if we get rid of those thorns. We just are. For instance, maybe it's brooding. You ever know somebody that broods over things? They just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it for years. Maybe it's jadedness. Maybe it's cynicism. 
It's a thorn in our thinking, right? So imagine how much happier we're going to be if we drop all that stuff. You know, um, my last parish and the parish I was at before that and before that, every Christmas I would make a gingerbread house for the youth group. And we would use it as a fundraiser. And um, so one year, my last parish, I made the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid. Okay, it was almost as tall as me, which is not saying much, granted. Okay, it was about this tall. It was uh, almost 400 pounds. Took six, six guys to move that. I only know that because I weighed the ingredients before I made it. So I, made, I spent four days making this Bass Pro Shop pyramid down to the smallest detail. And um, so I was in the kitchen for four days. I made this thing, and the youth group came in. And they're like, Father Ben, this, this is amazing. This is incredible. And this one kid, he was standing there looking at it. He was looking at the door, and he was looking at the pyramid. He's looking at the door, and he's like, I don't mean to be Johnny Raincloud, Father, but how are you going to get it out of the door? And I was like, like it never occurred to me to measure the base and measure the door. It just never occurred to me. I was like, yeah, let's make a pyramid. So we were faced with a very serious prospect of having to destroy this pyramid I spent four days making. And so I'm in full panic mode, right? Full panic mode. And so as luck would have it, there's a window there. So four of us pick this thing up, we move it to the window, and it was so tight getting it out of the window. There was one little Hershey kiss on the top of the pyramid. We took it off, moved it out, put the kiss back on, (laughs) moved it to the church, right? And I... At that point, I was just breathing a sigh of release. But before that, one of my buddies, he comes over to me when I was in panic mode. He's like, take a deep breath and say a prayer to Julia Child. <laughs> okay? So he's like, Julia, come and help me. And she did. So if you ever happen to make a 400-pound pyramid for Christmas this year, pray to Julia. All right? But most of us kind of know this feeling, right? You ever have those feelings where you're just, you're almost blinded by panic or temper? Everybody here ever heard the name Sigmund Freud? I think most of us have heard Sigmund Freud. So if you're not familiar, Sigmund Freud was a psychotherapist who lived in Vienna in the last century. He was an atheist. So his disciple was a guy named Carl Jung, died in 1961. So Carl Jung was a Christian, and Freud was hoping that his disciple would follow his way, but he didn't. He went this way. And he said, Freud, some of your stuff is just loco, man. Just loco. So he's, one of the things that Jung said that I fully agree with, he said this. He said, in each one of us is what he calls, quote, the shadow. The shadow. What is the shadow? He said, there's almost like there's two people in each one of us. There's a side that's nice and polite when we need to be. But in some people, there's like this like volcanic temper. Do you ever surprise yourself by your temper? Like, 
Man, when did that come from? You ever surprise yourself by envy or jealousy? Like somebody does great, and instead of celebrating that, you're like, oh, should have been me. Right? You ever known people that are petty? (laughs) What does it mean to be petty? When somebody's petty, it means they take something that means nothing and they turn it into a mountain. They just won't let it go. I've got to keep picking at that. That's called being petty. That's what he calls the shadow. Or maybe, did, did anybody here ever read uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson? Remember that? So it's almost like we have a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sometime in us. This is what I'm talking about, folks, when I say that we need to purge the thorns and purge the negative thinking because you, we can't live a positive life with a negative thought pattern. We just can't. It's not going to happen. I'll close with this. This week, some of you may know, this week is the 20th anniversary of the death of Johnny Cash. And I never, I never listened to Johnny Cash growing up, but I love Johnny Cash now, and not just because he wears black and priests wear black, okay? <laughs> Although that helps, just going to say, his inner goth, right? But Johnny Cash, if you know anything about his music, man, this, this poor guy went through a horrible life. You know, when he was a kid, he saw his brother, it's horrible, he saw his brother brutally die by a bandsaw. Can you imagine how traumatic that is to a kid? He saw this. So he had this deep sense of brooding and darkness, and add to that his addictions. And in his own words, he said, I was that close to taking my own life at the height of his addictions. And the whole time, his wife, June Carter Cash, who, by the way, died the same year he did in 2003, the whole time his wife is trying to get through to my husband and he won't listen. Need a jackhammer to get through to that stubbornness. Wouldn't listen. Wouldn't hear a word of it. Johnny Cash. And at a dark point, he began to ask himself one simple question. (laughs) Maybe she knows what she's talking about. Could be, Johnny. Could be. It's almost like the prodigal son story. Coming to his senses, I will return to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against God and against you. Well, Johnny Cash had a prodigal son moment. And he said at that point, the negative thinking that he had adopted his whole life dissipated, or as John's gospel says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And this is one of the reasons why Johnny spent the rest of his life playing in prisons, San Quentin, Folsom Prison, to bring hope to these guys. It's going to be okay, man. We're going to get through this. He got rid of the negative thinking, the thorns, the purging, whatever you want to call it. We don't have to wait, folks, to a Johnny Cash moment to do that. The truth is we have so much to be grateful for in our life. Yes, it's a dark world. Yes, we have reason to be afraid. Yes, we have reason to worry, especially those of you with children. I'm not denying that. 
But it does not help. It only makes things worse when we focus on the negative. Because we cannot live a positive life with negative mind. 